What's up, Fromies? Welcome back to First Rounds on Me, a podcast about dating, relationships, love, sex, and everything in between. Today's guest is the illustrious Gabby Conti, a.k.a. the Croissant Girl. Gabby is a host, writer, producer, and journalist who has a knack for creating engaging content. She once went on 30 dates in three days. That's right, 30 dates in three days. And no, you sickos, you sicko. That does not mean she had sex with all 30. I don't even think it was any of them, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, she's the author of this amazing book, 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s, a bitingly funny field guide to modern love from the woman who's dated them all. Gabby, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh my God, it's so funny. Croissant girl. That, that's kind of like getting over. I had seven or eight million views on biting into a croissant and flicking off the camera. That was so funny. Making yeah. fun of an etiquette video this of this Great girl video. that did Wait, the same thing. So you went on 30, 30 dates in 30 days? 30 dates in three days. 30 dates in three days. Yeah. So we just partnered with somebody in New York, uh, Marin. Mm-hmm. And she's doing 28 dates in 28 days, and I thought it was so cool. And Amateur hour. She's going viral. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, no, Marin, I think that's very cool. 30 in three. 30, Please yeah, in three days. Tell me how that went. So 10 dates a day. But how? Um, Like an hour a date. I think first dates, I don't know if you would agree with this, I think first dates should be an hour. We, we I think, will you get into that? We, we, uh. It, yeah, it's something that. we talk about a lot. Because I think a lot of people, especially when you're meeting someone on on a dating app, right? The first date is really more to make sure you have the connection that you had on the dating app. So mm-hmm. why would you invest more than an hour in that? Because you could find out, I mean, in seconds if you have an attraction to them. But I think the, the second date is really where you should be pulling all the stops. So, did all, so obviously they had to know that... Well, I want it. If it was up to me, I would have told every single person about it. But my editor at Cosmopolitan was told me that she preferred me not to because in her experience in doing similar things, when you do that, the person's on their best behavior. Okay. And yep. the goal was to like actually authentically find love, find a connection. And if I was doing it that way, it just wouldn't have been right. But because of the timing of it, of when I got the assignment to when I went on my first date and was scheduled to go on my first date, I only had 15 dates in the books from dating apps. So the other 15 were set up. So half of them knew about it and then the other half didn't. But my rule was if any of them asked me on, out on a second date, I would only accept if they were okay with what I had done. So, so what do you mean assignment? Uh, like it was, a, I wrote, I wrote, this was like a writing so this assignment. is like a how to lose a guy in 10 days kind, kind of, of thing. yeah, wow. pretty much. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, so how, but I'll tell you how to lose a guy in 10 seconds. Tell him you have, you know, 29 <laughs> Wait, so, more dates. So out of the 30, how did most of them go and they were all like different degrees. I think it was like a great, I had just gotten out of a relationship and it was a great way to kind of get back in there. And I do believe my husband is technically my 31st first date. So I do think that in a way it led me to my husband because it sped up the process that we normally do between relationships where we go on dates because I got to go on all of them and it was really so clear of like what I wanted, what I didn't want. So some of them were awkward as most first dates are. A lot of them, I had a couple that just didn't show up or flaked, but those counted because, you know, when in Los Angeles, you have a lot of that too. And then, and then some were, some were really good. Some, some ended up being second dates. So that's so awesome because, you know, obviously our app is to get you on a real Mm -hmm. date, but that's what we tell people is if it's a terrible date, you didn't really waste your time. Right. If you do an hour, you 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 do a drink and it doesn't have to be alcohol because it couldn't be alcohol for me. I had alcohol poisoning. So a lot of them were like walks, coffees. I had a great fun date at Dave and Buster's, like it was more about getting to know someone through an experience. And then I think usually I was the one that would reach out after a date. Mm-hmm. But this 
I let them reach out. And if they reached out and were interested, I would then tell them about what happened. Wow. So, so cool. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And also like first rounds of me works. You, I, I think you had said something about like between the time you started texting your husband or now husband mm -hmm. and messaging, you, you met pretty quickly, right? Yes. And that was like a big red, a big, not red flag, a big green flag for me. Um, because yeah, we, and I, that was, I had learned that from doing the 30 dates in three days because you, I had to make a plan. I had to be the one that was kind of pushing to meet because I had a goal, right? So with my husband, I was kind of doing that. And in most guys, some guys are really turned off by that. Some guys, if you are- You initiating one, a date? Yes, when okay. you initiate a date. Because some guys are just on there just to like maybe sex, maybe right. whatever, like have no intention of ever meeting you. So by doing that, you weed out those people and my husband was like happy that I had made the plan because he actually is someone who's awful at making plans, which I learned <laughs> when we started dating. Uh, and he's like this with his friends too. So if I had never pushed him to make the plan, we may have never met up. So which app did you guys meet on? We met on Bumble. Wow. So yeah. so you uh, you guys had matched. You have to make the first move because yes, it's Bumble. because it's Bumble anyway. Right. Right. And, and then, then that first move was like you actually. Yeah. And I, I can't remember if he might have like insinuated somehow that he wanted to meet up or something. And then I, and then and sometimes that happens too where someone's like, oh, yeah, like they hint that they want to meet up with you. But then no one makes the move to like set a time or place. You're mm -hmm. like the perfect person to be on here to talk about like. You know, it happens with my friends. Like a good friend of mine I saw was like in town, right? And I, I sent I sent my friend a message being like, oh my God, I can't believe you're here. He's like, yeah, I'm here. I was like, well, we should definitely hang out sometime. And your friend's like, definitely. And then I was like, okay, we're never going to see each other right. if I don't reach out and be like, okay, so when are you free? Such an LA thing, yeah. And it's such an, and so many of my friends, like girlfriends, boy, guy friends, not boy, guy friends, they do this and then we never see each other. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's, I think that's what the world needs is not only dating apps, but just people who have more intention, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people say things and it's so much worse to say something that someone wants to hear and not do it than just be honest up front. Right. But yeah, in this dating world, it's just this instant val uh, validation and yep. not following through. Mm -hmm. And that's why the whole world's kind of like, what the hell's going on with this flaky, whole dating very, culture? Everyone's very flaky. Yeah. yeah. And also, it's a great way to find out if someone's actually interested in you or not. Because mm -hmm. if you take the initiative and you say, okay, so if the guy, if, if you're you're messaging someone and they you you sense that they there's an interest that they want to meet up, but no one's making a plan, and you make the move and you're like, okay, well, when are you free to, to meet up? And you get like a maybe or you get nothing, then stop wasting your time with that person. Because if that's how they're showing you how they are in the beginning of the relationship, right. that's only going to get worse. Yep. So, so Hannah and I have a very, very similar story. Now, do you think that if you and your husband didn't make the plan pretty quickly, that he would have just got lost in the shuffle? Yeah, definitely. That's what I said. Definitely. Yeah. And and two, I would even argue, you know, what's funny is that he was always he was in an off and on relationship for years, but he was kind of off and on the dating apps. And similarly to me, I was kind of off and on the dating apps. I was on t I was like one of the early adapters of Tinder. Like I've been on dating apps for a while, like hence writing this book. And I, it's crazy because we may have messaged, we may have messaged in the past and like never met up, you know, it's the same thing. Yeah. We may have already lost each other in the shuffle or we might have been at the same bar and, and we're just on our phones and never met each other. Yeah, and you just never know what happened. What can mm -hmm. what can happen if you just go on a date? Yeah, you know, you might meet your husband, or you just might meet someone who's not right for you. But now you know they're not right for you, so the next time they pop up on another dating app, you won't engage. I remember on probably two people I met before Hannah, we went on a few dates, mm -hmm. right? And she kind of like pushed me to be more honest and upfront. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a big learning curve for me to like 
learn how I should act when I don't, when I'm not into a woman and not just right. ghost, right? And like right. be really, you know, there and attentive. And I think that helped me. I went through another person, another person, mm-hmm. that fell out to Hannah. But like going on these dates with these people, they were not a waste of time at all because I learned so much yeah. prior to Hannah. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully they won't, well, they'll say the same thing about you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Um, I do want to go back to the one hour thing yeah, because yeah. it's something we've we've heard from dating coaches and heard from people. Do you do you suggest more to have and just to have an out? But if it's going well, do you yes, suggest course, to stay? Of course. Yeah, okay. that would be crazy. Okay. Like if the date is going really, really well, and that's what happened with my husband. I was on that first date. I planned to be there for an hour. I even made plans with my friend to go hang out with her after. I thought the date was not gonna go well because he was everything on paper against what I normally went for. Not realizing, of course, you have to break your patterns to like mm. find the one. Like obviously the other guys wasn't working. So I should be dating someone that on paper is the opposite of what I normally go for. <laughs> um, and I had it. And, but it was going so well that I ended up, you know, going to the bathroom, texting my friend, being like, sorry. this." And it was one of those like never ending dates, which I think are always the best it, first dates. Yeah. Yeah. And you went on. Three dates in a row, right? Three dates in a row, yeah. Three and the, and it was him initiating because I had that's what I had picked up. I know I hate being like the girl shouldn't text first after, but for me, I feel like it's a great, in the beginning, it's a great way to tell how into you a person is. So I let him initiate the first couple of dates and it ended up working out because I, I was it was very clear that he was into me where in the past, maybe I would be the one being like, I can't wait to see you again. And then I'd never hear from them again. Yeah. yeah, and if two people are into each other, they're, it's obvious. and you could kind of feel you there's no tell. game, you right? Tell. Like, there's no game, and like, yeah, it was funny because I even I, I, before our third, or maybe it was our second date. No, before our third date, I, I I tell my parents everything. I'm an only child, and I was telling my dad about him and and how he asked me on a third date, and my dad's like, "Well, I don't think you should go three dates in a row. Like, <laughs> you're gonna look like like a loser. Like, you're busy. You're free on a Saturday night." And I'm like, "Well, he's also free on a Saturday night. Yeah, right. Is he a loser?" And my <laughs> yeah. dad's like, "Well, I guess yeah, you could go on a date." <laughs> So, <laughs> no, I want to ask you another question. So, you know, meeting the 30 guys pretty quickly mm-hmm. and then meeting your husband pretty quickly, yeah. um, you know, as a woman, how do, you, how do you feel safe? Like, do you feel safe doing this process? I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, at the time, I had some, like, I had some ways to help myself feel safe, but it's funny because a couple years later, I launched a podcast called Am I Dating a Serial Killer? <laughs> and it's like, kind of like tongue in cheek, but also serious, where I interviewed 10 survivors of these like crazy, almost criminal, criminal, sometimes in some cases was criminal dating stories uh, yeah. that they told me. And I'd have an expert come on who worked with the FBI who would weigh in on like, were they dating a criminal and like what and safety tips. And I realized from that, that the, how safe I thought I was while I was dating, I actually was not safe at all, wow. which is kind of scary to think about in hindsight. So, well, do you have any sort of tips on how Women yeah. specifically, because that's more Women's, of an issue. Yeah, can feel I mean, safe. I, I, but men can be victims too. Of I course, think of I think the biggest thing is that we are so quick to give away a lot of personal information about ourselves right off the bat. And the safest way you can online date is to stay on your platform until after you meet the person and feel safe and comfortable with them. Because if you're on the platform, it helps you, A, when you give someone your number, they can find a lot of other personal information out about you, uh, maybe give you your, get your address. Um, Also, I think a lot of people think or a lot of women think that their date should pick them up at their place for a first date. Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. If it's a stranger, like... I don't care, screws chivalry, like definitely do not have your date pick you up at your house so they know where you live. You should always meet them somewhere. You should meet them somewhere that you feel comfortable at. 
Um, I used to have like a couple of bars that I knew like the staff and the bartenders at. Um, I also learned that if you're at a bar and you ever feel uncomfortable, there was a trend going around about like, oh, if you order an angel shot, like there's that's a code for how a bartender could help you out in a situation. Um, I did research on that separately prior to the podcast where I went to my local bars and asked them if they knew what the angel shot was. And like most of them had no idea. But I did learn the best way to get out of a, a bad situation is most bars have a kitchen that and the kitchen goes into the outdoor alley. So there is always a back entrance through the kitchen. So if you feel unsafe and you can't get attention of the manager, you always can walk through the kitchen and get out back that way. Wow. So this is super interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess you touched on a lot of Sorry, things. I know no, I no, but like it, no, it's amazing. Yeah. You touched on a lot of things. And I think, I don't think that what we're trying to do hurts any of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like with us, I always want women to feel safe, right? Yeah, That's why I always ask. Yeah. And, and our whole premise is to meet somebody pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but on the app, we know where you're going, right? Yeah. So that's why we have the option uh-huh. of like, hey, pick somewhere where you both feel safe, where yeah. the women feel safe, yeah. right? And then, you know, while you're on that date, if you do feel comfortable, you know, we have alerts that we send out or you could text a friend or talk to the bartender. Yeah. So it's like just understanding and getting more knowledge from a woman of like, yes, don't give your number out or don't give your address out, but mm-hmm. it's okay initially to go to that place feel them out and then you have your your ways of safety there. And a big thing that I wish more people would do is the value of reporting someone on a dating app who harassed you. Most women do not do this mm-hmm. and I see it all the time on like TikTok there are all these like horror stories about these like awful dates people went on and I always am like did you report this to the dating app and no one does. But doing that is really I mean being on a dating app I think is a privilege. And if you are reporting someone who is harassing you, who assaulted you, anything like that, I mean, you also should go to the police, but doing that on the dating app gets that person removed from that dating app, might prevent them from getting on other dating apps, might save other women. Yeah. And to me, starting this, like that is literally the A, B, and C most important things Mm -hmm. to me is like building that community of people who have that privilege of being on first rounds of me, because if everyone acts respectful on there makes the app so much easier because you know obviously safety is a big issue right um but yeah i think that's very insightful very insightful stuff and it's it's scary i mean because you don't even think about it like um i learned this what i learned from my my podcast um if like you get if someone kisses you without your consent on a date Mm -hmm. that's technically assault you technically could go to the police and you could report that yeah um and in one case on our on our show that happened to one of our survivors and that guy went on to actually murder someone really so the same person that assaults you on a date without consent could be could be a murderer wow wow yeah Yeah. because it takes that same kind of like you know i don't care about rules you know right yeah that that kiss is a gateway i'm above the law yeah yeah Yeah. um yeah and we are we did there I'm spilling all over myself. Oh, yeah, to... yeah. It's the cup is spilling. <laughs> I had to take off the <laughs> great wellness tea, by the way. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to shift a little bit, but it's going to be kind of a broad question sure. and then a specific question. Okay. So I'm kind of on like a bit of a personal tirade against like TikTok therapist and meme, oh, meme oh, me culture. Too. I could get into this with you. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people like will see a, a meme or TikTok mm-hmm. and like let it make a like let that make a very important decision in their lives mm-hmm. where they like, break up with somebody or like drop your friends because they don't support. And it's like, no, chill the fuck out. (laughs) But one thing I wanted to ask you is uh, going back to your husband one more time on that first date, right? Mm -hmm. I know it didn't go well for the first, what, like hour or so. Were you there? 
I was I was the waiter. You, Are you the bartender? You guys gave me a great tip. Yeah. Um, but but just for people because I feel like a lot of people are like oh I know within like four seconds if I like this person yes. or I want to sleep with this person or if this is my husband or not or wife. Um, not just saying women no, say no, no. that of course. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but like I think it's important because it didn't go well and you, yes. you kind of were very. So I I definitely was attracted to my husband within like the first couple of minutes of meeting him, but there were a couple of things he did that really annoyed me. And, and I, but I believed I could, you know, it was like a combination of the read I got on him was he's really attractive and I could tell he had a good heart and a good soul. That's like some, something I just got off, right? The, like my, my, my spidey senses were not going off like danger. They were going off like, oh, this is like, this is a good guy. Like I could tell that, but there were a couple of things he was doing that was really annoying me. The first was, uh, he, I would ask him a question and he would not ask me the question back. He would just answer the question. So when people ask me what my... Red flag is. Yeah. I say, um, I ask a lot of questions to make mm-hmm. that person mm-hmm. feel important. If they don't at least pepper me with a few, a few, yeah. I'm just like they don't care, right? Yeah. So it was that. Um, and then the other thing was our our date was drinks. He ordered food, which is fine, but he ordered food for himself and then didn't offer me anything. <laughs> <laughs> Did, so, he, did he offer to order it or just like he no, just... No, he... Oh, this is the other insane thing is he asked me what looked good on the menu. So he he went about it like we were ordering food mm. for us and then just proceeded to eat the entire thing by himself and not even offer did, me a bite. Did, did you... Did he ask if you were hungry? No, he didn't. That's... Yeah, he didn't ask if I was hungry either. So... After the first round, I was, even though I found him attractive and I felt there was some good good in him, and actually, if I didn't feel there was any good in him, I wouldn't have said this. I would have just left, right? Um, I Out said, the kitchen, right? Right, yeah. yeah go through the kitchen. Um, <laughs> I said to him, um, I said, hey, um, if you don't start asking me questions about myself after this, after we're done with this round, I'm going to leave. And I went to the bathroom and told my text my friend and then came, not that I was into him at that time. I was like, yeah, this guy's. He looks like Brent. My, my husband look. I thought looks like Brendan Fraser. Who's now I'm saying his name wrong. It's Fraser. Fraser. Anyway, okay. hmm. I didn't know that. My husband looked like a looks like a young Brendan Fraser. And not I, in the whale, right? What? Not in the not whale. in the whale. Okay. Like in his in like prime the prime yeah. the mummy. Not even like a blast from the past Ooh, or okay. like you know like. So I texted my friend. Yeah, he's, he's how's the day going? Really cute. He looks like a young Brendan Fraser. Um, but he's not asking me any questions about myself. And if he doesn't start doing that, I'm gonna leave. So I come back. And it was like I was walking in onto a completely different date. He was like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. I'm on two hours of sleep. Like nothing I'm doing is making sense. I was going to cancel this date, but I didn't want to miss the opportunity to meet you. Let's start again. And and then and then I called him out on the whole food thing and everything. He's like, yeah, I was just so hungry. I hadn't eaten anything <laughs> so all day. So in his defense, I have two things. Yeah. One – People are really nervous on a first date. That too. And right? I'm not. At that point, I wasn't anymore because I was like dating pro, right? And what was my yeah. other one? Oh, I sorry. I interrupted no, you. No, no. Uh, wait. It was he's really nervous. And oh, crap. What did you say before that? Um, he was that the, that he was really hungry and he, didn't need any, he hadn't eaten anything. And uh, <laughs> he was tired. He was on two hours of sleep and he almost canceled the date because um, he was so tired. But he didn't want to miss the opportunity to meet me. Well, well, just to my original yeah. point, like people are really nervous on a first date. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, oh, self-awareness. Yes. That was, which yes. is more important than that. Um, yeah. That's, like you going back and instead of him being defensive yeah. and being like, like, who are you to tell me how to act? 
I think that's such a turn on when someone's like, oh my God, I'm so yeah. sorry. Which, like, how can I? Which to me was a huge green flag because that right. could have gone two ways, right? That could have gone, well, well fuck you. And like <laughs> left the restaurant and left me with the bill of his expensive dinner that I didn't want to order, you know? <laughs> like they could have easily gone that way. And I think, yeah. And I was, so I, I, that was to me like a great, uh, did, wasn't expecting it to be a test, but he responded to that perfectly. Yeah. And I think. In in a way, it kind of is the perfect first date, right? Mm -hmm. Because you gave somebody like some type of issue and saw their reaction, right? Where that normally doesn't happen on a first date. It's usually two people acting on their best behavior. Yeah, he wasn't. I was on mine. And the fact that you guys were able to have like a difficult kind of conversation for a first date Mm -hmm. and to move really past it with green flags, it kind of reassured both of you like this could be something real. Right, right. And then it ended up, I mean, it ended up just being like, also it set the tone for what would later be a very healthy relationship. Yeah, like being we, very honest and direct. Like I, I, this sounds bad, but he was the first relationship I've ever been in where I never like lied about anything. And I don't mean like lie about like big things like, you know, or like omission, like things you don't tell a partner because you want to like appear the best version of yourself, you know, like early on to dating. Like I told him like everything and he was so accepting of everything I told him and I think it created a very like healthy, like honest place that we, we yeah, a good foundation. still ca- caps in our relationship. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's super helpful for people because a lot of times I think we can write people off if mm-hmm. we don't get that like amazing experience right away and you gave them a second chance and yes, there were good signs that caused you to do that. But yeah. I think it's, I think it's important for people. Yeah. Um, then there's, I, I have these three lessons that you said you learned from okay. the 30 dates, which I think can really relate to the audience as well. What's your source well. on this? Uh, <laughs> hey, I tell you, he does his, he does his homework. Dumois, actually. Mm. They got me. Um, Dumois. Okay, so number one, if it's not abundantly clear that the person is into you, it's not worth pursuing that. Yeah. Right? Do you still... I still agree because that that is what happened is that I kind of, for the first time, I changed my behavior. Normally, I would be the one reaching out. Um, I let them reach out and I think I could tell off the bat if people were into me or not because the ones that weren't reaching out uh, weren't into me. Mm-hmm. And we always say, I mean, it's not a universal rule, mm-hmm. but like me personally, like if I was ever into a woman and to any degree, I would initiate and be like, Hey, right. like, I'd right. love to figure out how to see you again, yeah. no matter how busy I was, yeah. you know? And I think early on that's important, but I think later in the relationship, you don't have to do that. But I think for like the first three dates to like, let that, uh, let the other person, especially if your pattern is always being the one reaching out and not getting results, like maybe try flipping that. Yeah, and on our first date, I made a second date before we left each other yeah. to show her, yep. like, hey, I'm, I want yeah, to get it again. which is great. That's more and more guys should do that. <laughs> yeah, because along with that, you say that a lot of people overthink. Mm-hmm. You know, we overthink what we do. And that right. that's a perfect example. It's like, oh, should I wait to text because right. I'm, I don't want to seem needy or the Saturday night thing. Yeah. But you said you should kind of go with your gut. Go with your gut. Be genuine. Um, and then also, like, why would you want someone that doesn't respond to the genuine version of yourself? Mm-hmm. Which, perfect segue to number two. <laughs> be full of yourself. Yeah. We pretend to be different people or the best version of ourselves. And you said you were 110% I was 110% myself. And I think my husband was maybe too much himself uh, before I called him <laughs> out. Um, but I do think, yeah, I think you should be yourself because why would you pretend? Because then eventually your true colors are going to show. And I find... Maybe I did that sometimes with dating, but I feel like I had also dated guys that came off as this perfect person and then they ghosted me or treated me like crap. And it's like, oh, wait, that's who they always were. They were just hiding that. I I feel like you watched the show because we're we're touching on everything that we've talked about in a way better way. Um, Yeah. One thing we always say is like 
we always try and act like the perfect person that we think the other person wants us to be, yeah. which is the worst thing to do. Yeah. And A, you were your true self on the date, but B, like your true self will eventually come out and you're going to let somebody down because you were never your real self on the first few dates. And the same thing goes with curating your dating app profile. So many people do all these like glossy filtered photos or photos that they're told like this is the photos you need on your dating app to like attract the best guys. And, and also I think on the other end when you're swiping, if you see a profile that's like too heavily curated, that means everyone else is also swiping right at that person and they have so many messages and they're not, I, to me, I don't think they're worth pursuing. I would always go for the ones that felt a little bit more like organic. I mean, my, my husband's profile wasn't really great because he didn't know. No guys are. Still doesn't. The, the <laughs> one thing from that is he still cannot take a decent photo to save his life. We, none of us so, can. So, <laughs> you know, like, but that's like whatever. Um, but that that's a big thing too because I think a lot of people pretend and that's why you get that whole thing like you look nothing like your photos it's like well yeah my photos are like heavily filtered and they're like headshots like your photos should look like you and you should be honest and be yourself in your if there's like prompts or anything like really right from your heart you'll get less matches but the matches you get will be higher quality yeah I think also like we've done 20 of these podcasts I'm loving every second of it because we're going to talk to really interesting people and I'm learning so much. And I think the thing that I've learned the most over the past few months is that there's all these rules and guidelines, but like, they're just guidelines. Like, mm-hmm. don't ever feel like you have to like follow them or, you know, like you said, one hour rule. Like mm-hmm. we've had dating coaches that, that do have a hard stop, even if it's going well. See, that's, right? then that's not being authentic to who you are. Like these, these dating, this dating advice is meant to be more like suggestions. They're not meant to be like rules. Right. Um, and I see that, yeah, we're talking about TikTok dating experts, like literal biggest pet peeve. And I, I've actually, I write for Giddy, which is, um, it's like the world's largest sexual health platform, but we also do like dating articles and stuff. And I, I, my favorite thing to do is to take something that's trending on TikTok and debunk it Mm -hmm. and having real experts and a lot of times psychiatrists, therapists, people with actual like degrees, um, the amount of evidence they're like, this is why this is bullshit is always, almost always overpowering. And the TikToker <laughs> never defends themselves. I right. reached out to them. I reached out. Sorry, she's too busy. Too busy doing what? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm giving you free press right here, and you can't stand up and defend your thing. Because it's usually just regurgitated stuff that they've seen someone else do, and, right. and just like, right. like I said, the meme culture that just like, yeah, permeates like it's this crazy. whole. And I and I hate the um four four signs you should run right away. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because then you would have ran right away. Yeah, I would have ran. It has to come. I think the biggest dating rule is to trust your gut and and go with what feels right and and follow your heart and like I think listening to people and following advice that doesn't feel right to you is very problematic. Yeah, and I think if you can, it's very hard. If you cannot unsolicited dating advice is the literally the worst advice mm-hmm. ever. And if you could kind of keep it with that person and you guys figure it out together and, and until you really need to go to an outside source, yeah. like that's where the best answers are going to be, you well, know? Yeah. And also that dating should be easy within the first couple of like months, even the first year of dating should be easy. So, so much of this advice is to help people that are like, I don't know, like he's not texting me. Like, I don't like having all these problems. I would argue that you shouldn't be having all of these problems in the beginning of the relationship. That should come later. Mm-hmm. And that's like the ultimate red flag to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to close the loop, number three, which, because I think these are super important because I know we're believers of a first date drink, mm-hmm. not dinner. Yeah. I know you yes. are too, or an activity, firm a walk, believer. you know, yeah, something. Yeah, firm believer, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you say, don't put so much pressure on a first date. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, especially if it's like a nice dinner or a fancy dinner, or you're like, 
it's a whole production, then that can really just add to the pressure and, and make you kind of on edge and not able to relax and enjoy yourself. And also not see the person for who they really are. I call it bachelor lighting, like gaslighting, mm. but the bachelor. Because if, you're, if your first date is like the quality of something you would see on the show The Bachelor, then you, you risk the chance of falling for someone because of the quality of the date and mm -hmm. not the quality of the person. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I think yeah, that happens that a lot. Way. That's happened to me before. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's see. What else we got here? Well, go, I don't know if you know this, but your whole... Remember how I told you I was doing the Sleeping Two Different Beds article? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was Giddy. That was, and yeah. that's his main question. Oh, yeah. Actually, someone sent me one today. Did I send that to you? No. About uh, Carson Daly. He's been doing it for a couple of years. No. Yeah, he I said saw it that. saved his life. It's, it said he said it saved his, his marriage. life. But marriage, it's funny because marriage, also, um, uh, who else Who else did it? Uh, also, not someone. My brother sent it to me, so thank you, Ron. Oh, uh, Brad, <laughs> I can't say someone. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie did it, and now they're yeah. divorced. Um, Tim Burton and Helena Bonnencarter, I'm butchering her name, they also did it, and they're no longer together. And uh, Kourtney Kardashian and Scott Disick did it, and they're no longer together. All right, so now you're just cherry picking. So it, just go, it goes both ways. Oh, are you a, you are separate, he, a separate bed he's sleeper? He's big on it, and I'm... Not big against it, but I'm against it. Obviously, yeah. But then I, it I ended defending. up working out for me. Yeah, but then you ended up you ended up switching your ways. Oh no, yeah. He's, well, he doesn't. Oh, do sorry, separate. you're. A, no, I'm for sleeping in the same you're bed. You're for sleeping in the same he's bed. Against sorry, it. you're against. Okay. But uh, yeah, I mean. But you weren't and, always for no prior to your fiance. Yes, prior to me meeting her, which yeah. maybe will change. I don't know. He's. But you're single right now. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think it, I agree with you. I think it's about finding the right person. This is gonna sound so cheesy. Yeah. Like so cheesy, but <laughs> like. In the morning, even this morning, when I wake up next to her, yeah, I'm like, oh, this is so nice. Like, Aww. it's so nice. It really is. Just like yeah. having someone next to you where I'm very comfortable. Right? Yeah. If I wasn't comfortable, I'd be like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. But I'm so comfortable. It's nice to feel better. her energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look. I am not. Uh, it's not a deal breaker for me. It's something I want, would want to explore. Mm -hmm. But like, look, if 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 Hannah had to wake up at four o'clock every morning for work, you know. I mean, you, yeah, I wake up way earlier than she. What wants I'm saying, to if she up. had to wake up three hours earlier than you or something, yeah. like, and go to, and you had different sleep hours. I'm just saying, if logistics, I just think don't it takes away up. from like, just a free flowing, spontaneous, full life. Like, yeah, I it, mean, there's pros and cons. I think there's pros and cons to it. There, well, speaking to experts on it, and these are like, you know, therapists and all. A lot of them actually were, and also a divorce uh, lawyer who I also interviewed for this. A lot. There's a lot of danger in sleeping apart. It ends up like creating a big, um, a big, a big drift in the relationship. A big emotional because um, you're 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 on different schedules. You become like roommates, and that's always the first red flag when someone's heading towards divorce. They say we feel like roommates. We don't feel like we're in a relationship anymore. But I do think the sleeping separately is more of a red flag once you're like in a committed relationship and you make the choice of going from sleeping in the same bed to sleeping separately. That's when it becomes problematic. If you're single and you're sleeping separately now, that's not really a problem. But I do think that when you get into a relationship, you're probably going to want to sleep together. Yeah. And look, this is this is um, obviously a theory, mm -hmm. right? I, I have not test. I mean, I've slept with women before. Yeah. And been okay. Yeah. But this is a theory. So I have not tested it out. And again, I think everything is so nuanced. Like, mm -hmm. like let's say the sleep, I don't want to harp on this because I always fucking talk about this, but <laughs> let's say the sleep is so horrible that if you sleep in separate beds, it makes the rest of the relationship that much better because right. you're both well rested. You both feel great the next day, every day. But so in order for that to work, your relationship needs to be so solid. Of course. And that's and that's usually not the case when someone decides to switch. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Some of the reasons you're saying maybe there was 
issues and they're like, oh, I don't want to sleep next to this person anymore, which mm-hmm. is obviously. But it usually starts with an excuse. It starts with, oh, well, you know, there's like our baby keeps coming into bed or we have separate schedules or I like to sleep in colder temperatures than my partner. And it starts with that. And then they sleep separately. And then they realize that there's so that that's the tip of the iceberg of all the other problems they have in their relationship. Sure. Yeah. And I just played it out in my head of like, you know, when you're going to when you go to sleep, like it's usually when like you're going to be intimate with your partner mm-hmm. in, a, in a free flowing way. Yeah. And if you if you if you're both like, OK, like usually at 11 o'clock, we both go to our beds where we, we both have to make this move before we both go to our beds. And yeah. of course it could ha- it's going to happen, but I just feel it's not as easy. It's, it's that too. And also just like being on the same wavelength, like like winding down at the same time, waking up around the same time. I mean, I wake up earlier than my husband and it's still, but it's still like we I wake up in the same bed as him and it creates kind of like a togetherness that we you know, sometimes don't have during the rest of the day with our crazy schedules. So, you know, I'm really happy for you guys. <laughs> really, really happy. It's amazing. Um, so a couple, a couple kind of recurring questions. Yeah. Um, we've already, har- we've already talked about what a, a good first date looks like in terms of like logistically. Yeah. Um, so what qualities, you know, before you met your husband, what mm-hmm. qualities? actually let's start here. What is something or some things that you've done a complete 180 on? Like maybe from your single days that you, you know, we're always either for or against and now being in a, you know, a happy, healthy relationship like you've maybe flipped on. Flipped on and like how I act in a relationship. Or- yeah. Or things you thought were the case and then you experienced it and you're like, oh, that's actually wrong. Like, is there anything that's really changed in terms of like what you thought the expectation versus of like what what my expectations of a relationship is yeah anything anything that's changed like going from single to a to a real relationship well i i know i think something that was kind of big and maybe this was just like i saw my parents be like this um was that i always for a while thought like i needed to be doing the same thing as my partner like work-wise and that we needed to always be like uh brainstorming with each other and like bouncing ideas off of each other because that's how that's what my parents are like but my parents also have like a very like (laughs) We're Italian, so like a very like passionate, like a lot. There was a lot of arguing growing up. With which, your hands too. Yeah, the hands, like a lot of that. Um, and they are they're still in a happy marriage to this day. But I I guess I realized like you didn't it, there didn't need to be yelling all the time. And my my husband's from the Midwest. He's very mild mannered. He's very calm, like almost too calm to a fault. So <laughs> going in like thinking that you always needed to like fight about it or talk very loud about things um, and then realizing that actually, no, that's that's really exhausting and, and you don't need to. It's more about, it's less about working on something together. It's more about having your partner's back and being on their team. And if they're upset, you're upset because they're upset, you know, Yeah. and, and, and offering and also like finding out for, well, this is kind of more what I had to communicate to my husband. It's like, I don't always need advice. Sometimes I just need to vent. And, and I then, think that's the hardest thing that men don't understand. Yeah. Like me, I'm the worst at it. Where. You know, Hannah will have an issue and yep. like she's telling me, she's yep. telling me and in yep. my head as she's telling me, I'm thinking of all the solutions, right? Yep. Yep. And I'm like, okay, why don't you do this? And she it gets her more mad and I'm like, uh, okay, I'm not gonna say anything. She's like, what do you mean you're not gonna say anything? I'm like, what do you what do you want me to do? And she's like, just let me speak. I'm yeah. like, all right, fine. Yeah, and I think <laughs> and I think that's kind of a thing, like, you know, that maybe when your partner is like fired up about something, that the actual best response is, What do you want right now? Do you want advice or do you want me to like, you know, just let you vent? And like just I don't know. I guess I never really realized that that was an option. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, certainly. Yeah, it was kind of a weird question, but yeah, like you know, like, maybe well, like what would I do differently if I was single now dating, or was it like what what I learned about relationships that I thought was the truth when I was single, but now I know. Well, here's something for person. me, right? Yeah. So like, 
and maybe it's not like either single versus relationship, mm-hmm. but like one thing I've been learning through all these podcasts and, and reading more is that like in order to make a relationship work, like you actually have to do these st- like the steps. Like you have to do like these exercises and like if you want it to be really good from what I from what I think, right? Mm-hmm. From what like a lot of times we see like the fairy tale and the Hollywood stories and like once you actually get into a relationship and you realize that like, yeah, you have to do like these little things all the time. You have to keep, you know, love is a, a verb also, right? It's it's an action. It's, mm-hmm. it's constant practice and reinforcement. And I guess I never really thought about it, maybe just being like younger and immature and not really having been in a super serious relationship. Right. But like stuff like that, like is anything... That's well, yeah, kind of yeah, more that what I Because, yeah, you think, like, growing up from what we watched that, like, the happy ending is, like, finding the person. But really, that's just the beginning because all these other things pop up and happen once you're in a relationship and, like, how to navigate that. And that, like, relationships are work, but I also don't believe they're, like, so much work. You know, I think there's, yeah. like, a fight. Like, I was like, you have to, like, fight for your partner, like, every day and, like, prove that you want to be in this relationship. It's like, no. <laughs> Wrong I think person, it's, probably. It, yeah, I think that it's more of, like, you choose to be in that relationship. You, you're always learning you're always growing you're always there for each other but also that you need to grow as an individual as well I think so many of my past relationships in my my 20s I kind of like became the person that I thought my partner wanted me to be or we became a unit we became a couple and I stopped doing the things I loved and I think you always need to be flourishing and, and kind of treating your own stuff and working on yourself so you can be a stronger partner Mm. You have something? Yeah. So your parents are still together, I assume? Yes. Mm-hmm. And Italian, obviously. Italian. <laughs> yeah. And I feel, because mine, same thing, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I feel like they gave me like this, such a beautiful experience from mm-hmm. a family standpoint and from them where it was like, they played these old school Italian roles that they both loved, yep. right? Where it was like, my dad did his yelling, yep. was the head of the household. Uh-huh. And my mom, you know, like, you know, had the last say, but yeah. like, just appeased him to make him shut up and Mm -hmm. it was just like so nice but then you know in today's world when you get out of that it's like it's it's not as easy and structured well my mom was actually more of the yeller than okay my dad dad was yeah my mom was just like okay (laughs) Uh, so it was always that but they were always i mean they just had these very heated conversations all the time which was not arguing or not fighting it was just like that's how they they spoke to each other about their ideas (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I saw this quote yesterday and what you just said about like always working on yourself made Mm -hmm. me think, think about it. Um, so I don't know if you know, Neil Strauss, he's one of my Mm -hmm. favorite writers. So he, he wrote this quote said, not until you can be alone without loneliness. Are you ready for a relationship? Yes. Do you feel, do you like that? I love that because that's exactly what happened to me when I met my husband. I was super content with being single. It was like the first time in my life that I realized being single isn't a curse. It's it's actually really empowering. It's so nice to kind of just be in charge of your day, of your life, make decisions based on what you want to do and not what someone else wants to do. And I had really like embraced my I didn't feel I didn't feel lonely. Um and there was like obviously there was a big uh, my my 30 dates in 3 days was in uh was Memorial Day weekend. And I met my husband Labor Day weekend. So there was like a whole summer in between there of, of like dating, not, da- not dating, working on myself, spending time with friends, spending time with family, whatever, before I was kind of at the point. But like my life was so full when I met my husband. So it was like an active choice to kind of like I was giving up being <laughs> like I was giving up my like lo- my, my loneliness, which I relished in 
to be with him. Aloneness, probably. Not aloneness. Aloneness. Yeah. aloneness. But lon- I mean, loneliness is, doesn't have to necessarily be a bad thing. It just means you're you're alone. You know, you're, a, you're yeah, alone. Well, I guess aloneness <laughs> is better than loneliness. I don't know. I'm just. Yeah. Perfectly being... lonely, as John Mayer saying. I yes. was I was perfectly lonely when I met my husband. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. And I would say that like, uh, at least for me, it was not like you, f- you force, you forced yourself to get into a relationship, but it was kind of like, same thing. Like you, you were so good being alone, mm-hmm. but you met someone that was going so well with where you're like, okay, I have to make this decision because it's going so well. Instead of it being like, oh, I have to make a decision if I like this person or not and be with them. It's kind of like forces you to be in the relationship because it's going so well. Well, that and also that my husband made my life better. Mm, And so many other guys I dated prior caused stress to my life about like, what does this text mean? Like, you know, what is like, just like- What is his name, by the way? My husband, Darren. Darren. Yes. Where where was you and Darren's first date? Uh, At Employees Only, which is actually a really great- In New York or in LA? No, in LA, which is a great first date spot. If you sit at the bar and they have have a great happy hour, the golden hour. I don't work for them, but it's like (laughs) right when they open. I think happy hours are amazing first dates if you can get off early enough because then you could could confidently either treat or pay for yourself and not feel like, you know, you just spent all this money. Yeah. It's funny. Um, what you were just saying kind of reminds me of the Shawshank Redemption. Are you guys familiar with it? Right. Of course. At the end, So so uh, Red, Morgan mm-hmm. Freeman's character, like he always goes into the parole hearings and he's like saying how sorry he is and like uh, and apologizing and how like he's reformed by the system. And then every, every time gets rejected. And it's not until he like doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And like he's just like, whatever, yep. I'm staying here for life. Then like that's when he gets out. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of similar to what you're saying with like. You know, you're, you're, although I didn't think being single was like a pri- being a prisoner. <laughs> no, not like that. Not like that. But like, you're, you're real, like, not you, but pe- a lot of times we are like, people are like reeling for a, like a relationship. Like, they oh, always looking. Yes. And that's not until you like, like, you're whatever. Look- yeah, then you like feel, then it kind of changes. Like, you have not, you don't have needy energy and like you can just live your life and then you'll meet somebody and then it kind of works. It seems to work out, but it's cut because you're like very free. And I've yeah. also gone on dates with guys that had that thirsty, needy, like mm. I just need to get in a relationship. I don't care who it's with. You'll do. And that is like, and I've, I've probably come off like that in dates too. And so when you see that, you're like, Oh man, I never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what does love mean to you? I think love is is really having someone's back. It's choosing someone. It's being there for them. Um, it, it is a verb. I agree with that. I think it's the actions. Um, and I, I just think it's – it's so funny that that door just has love everywhere on it <laughs> behind you. Um, what is love? <laughs> um, but no, I just I think it's I think it's a partnership. It's companionship. It's having someone's back, and it's choosing someone, and and it's showing them it, that that you chose them every day. Mm. Love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we've, and we've kind of talked about this a lot, but like, what do you think are the most important things for uh, like a happy, healthy, successful, long term relationship? I mean, communication for sure. Honesty. Um, uh, it's not. A therapist told me once, it's not what you fight about; it's how you fight, which mm. I think is really key. So, so making sure that you're like really taking a step back when you're having an argument and being like, "What is this argument really about? Is it about that he never uh, loads the dishwasher, or is it about a bigger thing that you feel like he doesn't respect your time because?" He, you, he doesn't have the time to load the dishwasher, but you do. Also, you have a dishwasher. You're so lucky. Like, why are we not? You know, it's. How yeah. do you guys fight, you and Darren? Um, I usually, we, we, it's more conversations and it's more like I call something out. And then, I mean, I think, 
I fall into a pattern where sometimes I feel like I'm nagging him because we've had the same conversation over and over again. <laughs> yeah. But if only he did it the first time, then I wouldn't have to nag. So are either of you walker awayers? Um, no, actually, we usually like deal with the problem. Oh, that's in the really moment. good. Yeah. So I'm a walker really away to that, cool off. But that's but that's good. But as long as you come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't like, just like go get a I'm like, I need five minutes because I don't want to say anything that I right. I'm Right. No, it's regret. good to think about what you need be to back say. In 10 minutes I'm not. We'll I'm talk. very like, this is what I'm thinking right now. And, you know, sometimes the Italian temper comes out. But <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. You guys as Italians, yeah. I, I am of Irish descent. Mm. I don't have anything to do with Ireland. I don't celebrate. Okay. But the way the Irish people handle shit is that you just bottle it up. Yep. <laughs> and then when the milk spills... Then you then you just lose your shit, yeah, but it has nothing yeah. to do with the milk spilling. We wasps do that too from Connecticut, okay. so I, I relate to that <laughs> okay. as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's why it's important to mm-hmm. like yep. chill and, and handle your shit when it pops up, like yep. the actual thing that's bothering you, and not just like let it all come out. Right. And right. You drown your spouse in the bathtub. No. Okay. Yeah. None of that. Yeah. <laughs> None of that. Um, so we'll, we'll circle back to some stuff, but we'll do a quick rapid fire. Sure. Um, oh and you can answer these as fast or okay. as slow as you want. Um, <laughs> favorite uh, drink for a first date? Um, uh, my just my go to drink uh, is just I love like a chilled glass of Sauvignon Blanc. But the, the wine list has to be good. If it's not a good wine li- mm-hmm. list and it's more of a bar, then it's probably going to be a vodka soda. OK. Yeah. Uh, favorite date spot in L.A.? I think employees only, honestly. I think yeah. it's such a sexy, cute place. It is. Sorry, <laughs> been to the one in New York? No, I'm, I I might have like years ago, but I don't so cool. remember it. So I have to go back. Oh, you yeah. must. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite podcast? Celebrity Memoir Book Club. Okay. Yeah. Favorite romantic comedy? This is a hard one. Uh, when, ha- when Harry Met Sally. Nice. That's two in a row. Yeah. Two in a row. But because of that. I watched it for the first time last week. So first oh, wow. time. Great Holy show. It's a, fla- it's Great. a flawless, it's it's incredible. A flawless yeah. movie. It's just so well done. And it still holds up today, which I think is the ultimate test of a rom-com. Yes. And the story is not, it makes you think. It's like, oh, I mm-hmm. thought it was going to go this way, but it didn't. Yep. Every turn. And the couple's <laughs> talking to like the camera about like how oh, they so met. Yeah. I kind of have that in my book with the whole ask someone else because I interview couples of like how they made their relationship work. Okay. So. Yeah. It. Such a great movie. Such a great movie. Uh, favorite quote. Favorite or maybe quote. something you kind of live by. Or... Okay, well, actually, this was in our vows, and this is also a John Mayer quote. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm not looking for Roman candle, Hollywood hot pink love. I'm looking for I got your back love. Mm. And I think that's like, I think that was like a big aha moment for me in dating, and, and it resonated with with Darren and I when we were dating. Um, and I, I just think it's, I think that's what it is. It's like, it isn't all about like the pomp and circumstance or like, you know, the, the bachelor lighting or these big dates. It's really about just like having someone who, you know, will be there for you and will always have your back. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Mary fuck kill. Oh God. 1997 Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. 2007 John Mayer. Ugh. And any time Brad Pitt, dealer's choice you can pick. Uh, 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 fuck Leo, Mary, John Mayer, and I. I dump. I don't really care about Brad Pitt. Really, I, really I was trying don't. to come up with a third, and I yeah. was like, Yeah, I those like are because I. But also, like, I don't. Yeah, Leo then would have been great. Leo so now, like is, the boyish. Leo. Yeah, Leo now is like so barely sad. legal. So Leo, sad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but actually, maybe I wouldn't want to marry 2007 John Mayer because I did read Jessica Simpson's memoir, and 2007 Ooh. John Mayer sounds like a nightmare. Ooh. Okay, what what year is your favorite John Mayer? Well, that's my favorite look of John Mayer, but I think John Mayer currently, not that I wouldn't, I'm married, but 
John Mayer now is like very woke and I feel like he gets it and I think that he would I think he's on his way if not already ready to finally be like a partner for someone and not be I think he's gotten over his fuckboyness. Mm. He makes a big cameo in uh, My Place or Yours with Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. Oh wait he does I just watched first that. Scene. First scene is him for like five minutes. Wait why can't I wait are you sh- no. It's not that movie. I know what movie you're thinking about. It's not My Place or Yours. You're thinking about BJ Novak's movie. No. John Mayer's in that for like five minutes in the beginning of BJ Novak's movie. I just watched My Place or Yours. It's a I'm phone. telling you. It's a phone call. They're having a phone call. Oh, yeah. Maybe I watched you're the right. first five Wait, minutes. Maybe you're you're right. thinking yeah. of BJ Novak's movie. Yes. You're right. <laughs> yes. I was like, I, I, and with, I saw um, that on the plane. It's BJ Novak, and it's like, it's, yes, that, right. it's like you're he right, has a right. podcast. Yes, 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 yes. It's my bad. Yes, that is. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, John Mayer did two cameos in two movies in a year? I don't know. And he's on about. tour? <laughs> when does he sleep? Uh, last question for Rapid Fire Top three John Mayer songs. Oh, this is really hard. You have five seconds. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Neon. Um, ooh, ooh. Bold is love. The cover of Bold is love because it contains that banter that we just went over. Mm-hmm. And um, slow dancing in a burning room. Mm, I nice. don't love those. I really need to think about this That's more. Okay. If you, if I don't you have, love that. if I don't you, love that. by the end of the podcast, if you have like a number one a number overall, one? you can tell okay. us if it's different from any okay. of Um, so yeah, maybe go back to this real quick in terms of like the TikTok therapist. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some of the most common misconceptions that you see floating around the internet all the time? Um, well, there's like this one, I, this is just off the top of my head is there's this, there's this crazy lady who has this lemon meringue pie theory that she's like, if you are on a date with a guy and he's talking about how much he loves lemon meringue pie, don't make it for him. Every girl is going to make it for him. And even if you're the best chef in the world, do not make him or buy him this pie. Because you'll stand out if you don't do that. And I'm like, what kind of trickery <laughs> is this? Like, be, again, this goes back to the whole be authentic, be yourself. Like, I hate these ones that are just teach women to manipulate men. Mm. Like, that's not what it's about. Like, be honest, be yourself. And if you really do like lemon meringue pie and you know how to make it or you want to be amazing. thoughtful and buy it for him, do that. Exactly. But I'll, Best yeah. baker. Yeah. Bake the shit why out would of it? you not? Why would do you, you bake lemon meringue pr- pie? Uh, I don't. Like... No, you do bake it, but I'm okay. not really much of a baker. Yeah. But... If you're not, then go find the best but one also, in like, the city. In, insert anything. Like yeah. insert. You know, whatever you do. I I do think the only truth in that is like maybe don't do that so soon into dating. But if you are dating someone and they mention that they really like something, why would you withhold that? That's just insane. Yeah. I do want to circle back on something. Yeah. Um, having your back type of love, right? Mm-hmm. I love that, right? What's your experience being in LA, being married, right? Like, yeah. for me, like, uh, it's, I came here single, right? And right. you see all the shiny objects and like, oh, this shiny, is- yeah, Women love being called shiny objects. <laughs> no, all the shiny objects, the lights, <laughs> LA. Um, and you're like overwhelmed with just mm-hmm. LA, yeah. all the shiny objects, yeah. not women. Um, and then you find someone who's like, I got your back type of love. And like, it makes my whole experience in LA, I love it so much more. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, I don't have to deal with a lot of the noise, like to right. me personally. Right. Um, and like, I have someone who's got my back and like, we know like we're there for each other mm-hmm. in this cool place. Yeah. How, what's your experience been like with that? Um, I think it's kind of, to me, it's more like having a partner in crime, right? It's like having someone that you can explore the city, you can take in the city with. And to me, that's so much more. I think it's important for you to explore Los Angeles on your own with your friends or by yourself. But it is nice to like be with someone who makes the experience of being in a city like more fun and more exciting. Yeah. All right. Cool. 
Yeah. I don't I'm know just, if that answered your question. No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> just for the record, I'm not calling women <laughs> shiny objects. You're talking about the cars. <laughs> so and the, many the shiny, objects objects shiny objects out there. Yeah, so many of them. Um, so what are you working on now? Um, really exciting, actually. I just co-created um, and wrote this podcast. It's a it's a rom-com for your ears, which is why I'm like watching a lot of rom-coms right mm, now. Awesome. I co-created with New York Times bestselling author Jane Green, who's phenomenal and so, so cool. And it's called Bad Influencer, and it's coming to Emerald Audio. Um, and it's a nine-part fiction series about a girl who dreams of becoming a famous influencer and very much like 13 going on 30 wakes up and has that life and learns that it, you know, just gets caught into like nonstop scandals as most influencers do. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's amazing. And we just recorded it in, in New York. So. Oh, it's, so it's, 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 it's in production. We're okay. actually recording with one of our, we also have, while everything's fiction, we do have some, uh, celebrity guests that play themselves in this fiction world and make so cameos. Cool. So we're recording one of those tomorrow and then we are done with production and we go on to editing and it should be coming out um, soon. I think in like April or May. And Amazing. it'll be, where, where will it be Wherever seen? you listen to podcasts. Wow, Emerald Audio so cool. is the production company and they've already done two other ones of these. But it, it's like weird to, to describe. It's like, it's a movie, but you don't see it. You just hear everything. It's like That's an cool. audio immersive experience. And then obviously you're, with Giddy, how long have you been with yeah, Giddy for? Yeah, Giddy, I started with them, I think it's been maybe six months. And it, it started because um, they I, they reached out to me as a source for one of their articles. And I was like, hey, by the way, are you hiring? And they were. So uh, that's how long I've been with them. It's that's been great. Awesome. Yeah, I learned a lot through their articles. So amazing. Cool. And you're still hosting, right? I still host. I'm with Hollywire. So I do entertainment news for them um, on Samsung and um, on Snapchat. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. wondering why you were oh, so was, good yeah. on, on the mic. And I was like, oh, she's a pro. Yeah. That's <laughs> so what about how do you, so this is interesting to me. How do you juggle all the stuff? Uh, I it, I mean, it's that's what being, I guess, a freelancer is all about. It's like you have to juggle out of necessity for like money, but also I enjoy doing it. And I guess I've always been someone who I was a double major in college. I've I've always been that kid that like likes to have a lot of activities, but I'm also like hyper focused on what I do like and what I don't like. So if I had a job where I was doing things I didn't love, I don't think I would be as motivated as I am when I get to kind of like pick and choose the things I'm doing. Yeah. And do, you, do you have a good balance of like resetting on the weekend and working or are you just like go, go, I've go? I've been pretty much like go, go, go. Um, but I'm trying to work at like taking days off. But it's it's kind of hard with writing because normally I'm like under – I'm normally right on yeah. the weekends and I probably shouldn't be. Um, but <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because when you do something you love – yeah. You at times you don't feel like you're working ever. It doesn't feel like work because you love it so much and you enjoy right. it so much. But then you get sick like me because it, it's so funny the timing of it. it's like oh yeah I just finished this like project that I've been working on since October. <laughs> like of course my body's like okay sinus infection. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> like, like you like you don't even feel you're gonna hit a wall. No. And like one day you wake up yeah. and you're like well I need to just relax for a yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I did yesterday. I did not get out of bed yesterday and it was it was great. It was glorious. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, anything we haven't touched on? Mm. I do like to ask yeah. this really important question to sure. me. If you could have one law in the world that okay. the whole world had to follow, it yeah. could be as crazy as you want it to be, what would the law be? Well, this feels more general, but just like kindness. And I've dealt with so much online bullying and harassment and just like m such mean people on the internet. And it's like one thing to like leave a comment, but the amount of like DMs, and I open up every DM because 
more more often those DMs are from people that have either read something I wrote or read my book and they're reaching out to me or they want advice and my DMs are always open for that. Mm -hmm. But when I get people that just send me DMs and just decide that they are going to take time out of their day to tear me down, it's like I, I just I can't take it. And, and I just I really wish people were kinder. There's so many good things about everything and so many bad things about it on the internet, right, right? Right, It's just this tool for people to just be so nasty when and there's no repercussion. Behind, and also hide behind avatars. Like the yeah. people don't show their face or sometimes they show their face and they would like a lot of them like, you're so embarrassing. And then I would look at their profile and I'd be like, actually, these pictures are actually the definition of embarrassment. But I would never say that to right. your face because I, I don't have that in my heart. Or mothers, like mothers telling me to like, off myself like it's just crazy to me yeah we hear it all the time sometimes i have to turn comments yeah. off of like ads yeah. and stuff because it's just really nasty and it's like uh in a way i feel bad because you know we're doing what we love and like yeah. we, we, we're so happy and you, you feel the need to take us down take it and also the, the tagging employer really is really bugs me and then the old thing bothers me too because i don't think i'm old but i love a lot of people that are older than me and i just think to use that as a diss and to tell people they're irrelevant because of their age is just so messed up yeah and i would say like your haters are never people who are doing better than you like I, never. I know that. And I wish it didn't get to me. I'm, I guess I am like emotional. But it's for other people too, right? It's for like, other people. It's like I get upset for other people. I get I get sad that mothers are taking time out of their day to do this. I'm I'm sad for that loser that felt that is so obviously feels so low in his life that he needs to post something like that, you know? Like in a way I, I feel sorry for them, but also it, it enrages me and it makes me mad that platforms like Twitter and Instagram don't take this more seriously i can't tell you how many times i've re i always report whenever i get harassed and they never do anything and their answer is always like we have too much vo we can't possibly go through all of our requests and my biggest concern because it doesn't bother me like yeah. i don't care like whatever but to like a 13 year old or 14 year old who's going through so yes, many changes yes, in life yeah to be dealing a few, with that a few comments you know yeah. that could be it that could be you it. know it's very sad and no it has been it has right. been it there are there's evidence of that i just I don't know. I just wish there was a little bit more responsibility for. I also think that you shouldn't be able to hide behind an avatar on social media. I think that I think the verification. I think everyone should have that, and you should be. You should have your face. You should have who you are, and and also you should be kinder to people on the internet. Yeah, I agree. Where can people find you on social media? I am it's Gabby Conti on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter. I don't really use my TikTok. My Instagram is my big platform, and then GabbyConti.com has links to my book and all that other stuff. Awesome. Brilliant. And we get to keep that book. That's your book. That's Thank your you. copy. Appreciate that. Yes, of course. Awesome, Gabby. This has been awesome. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Gabby. Appreciate Thanks. it.